Okay. Hello, and welcome to the Addicts Anonymous podcast. I'm your host, Jim R. Today, we're going to be interviewing police, and he actually goes by Champ. So how you doing today, Champ? How you doing, man? I'm blessed and highly favored. Can't complain, bro. Can't That's complain. great to hear, my friend. So let's uh, dive right in. Tell us a little bit about yourself growing up. Okay. Um, well, I'm from Franklinton, Louisiana, small town, southeast Louisiana, um, across the lake from New Orleans. If those For those of you that don't know about uh, Franklinton as well, but uh, as a childhood, I had a pretty okay childhood, man, coming up. Um, my mom, she raised me in the church. I, I've actually, I was actually a church musician ever since the age of maybe five. I started playing drums and uh, from there I went to the keyboard or whatnot. And, um, but for the most part of my childhood, man, um, it was, it was, it was pretty interesting, man. I really can't complain about my childhood. It was okay. I can't, I can't say that, you know, I come from a, a family of good morals, good integrity, you know, stuff gotcha. like that. So, yeah. What were, you said was interesting. What was interesting about it? Well, because of the fact that my mother also sings as in, uh, you know, she's also in a musician, you know, she had an opportunity to be able to send me to like music conventions when I was young, you know, so that was the first time I've ever had an opportunity to travel, you know, and my mom not be a chaperone with me, you know what I'm saying? And it was, it was like music conventions in the church, you know, you know what I'm saying? My background, my, uh, my denomination is Church of God in Christ. So, um, we would have this thing in Memphis, Tennessee, back in the day. It was called the, the uh, International Convocation. And they would also have like a, a youth con- congress meetings, but they would hold them in different cities. And I had an opportunity to catch one or two of them, you know? So that's what that's I mean. pretty cool. Yeah. So what were you like when you were young as far as like socializing and friends in school? What were you like? Man, to be honest with you, now, looking back now, knowing what I know now, Man, I was I was somewhat of an attention seeker, you know. Uh, I was I was a flamboyant kid, you know. Um, I used to always I used to always do extra things like look at me, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't know. I, it was it was it was it was yeah. Looking back now, yeah, I could really say that I was man. Unfortunately, you know. But for the most part, man, uh, I was a I was a <laughs> I was a bit of a hothead at times, you know what I'm saying? Hard-headed, rebellious type, you know? Uh, wanted to do what I want when I want it, whenever, you know, that type of deal, you know? So, yeah, I kind of stayed in trouble a lot, too, <laughs> with my family. in trouble a lot. Yeah, I know that feeling, same way. Mm-hmm. So, going up a little older, what kind of life did you have in high school? I guess maybe my first question should be, when was the first time you were introduced to any type of drugs or alcohol or whatever your addiction is? Now that, yeah, okay, so let me let me just I'm gonna go ahead and just just plug you all the way in on that level. I wanna hear um, everything. I wanna hear all the yeah, down, I'm down and dirty details. I'm gonna get it to you raw, man. I'm gonna get it to you raw. Man, uh I was about 13 years old when I first experienced drugs. Uh actually 13, the age 13 was a big year for me because and I don't say I don't mean that in a good way. I mean all around, you know. Uh, that was the year that I actually, you know, uh, I would say, well, here they call it jumping off the porch. And if you don't know what jumping off the porch means, when I was first really introduced to the street streets, you know what I'm saying? Uh, staying out late, hanging with the wrong crowd type deal, you know what I'm saying? Just doing whatever, not caring no more. 
Uh, I was 13 years old when I first did that. And when I uh, when I got into the streets at 13, um, I, I picked up marijuana. Um, I picked up a marijuana habit and I used to run with this cat uh, that was in school with me, you know, at the time I was in junior high school and um, me and him used to run around. He stayed like three houses down for me and he was already doing the most, you know what I'm saying? So I teamed up with him and we kind of just came like a little tag team deal, you know, and whatever he did, I did whatever I did, he did, you know, just being, a, just following, man, just following whatever could get my hands into you know what i'm saying looking for acceptance in places that it, it doesn't it doesn't offer the right acceptance if you know what i mean you know so yeah i was about 13 man uh and then maybe two years later about around the time i turned like 15 that's when i was introduced to cocaine all right now um I would, you know, it started out small as always, you know what I'm saying? Maybe a weekend time thing, you know what I'm saying? And uh, I would toot here, toot there, you know what I'm saying? Just, you know, experiencing it, trying to figure. And at the time, I really didn't care for it, man. I was just doing it because my friends was doing it. You know, I didn't really, I didn't really have a thing for that, even though I had them became addicted to the weed pretty strongly. By that time, you know, I felt like I needed to smoke a blunt every day, man, just to get moving around and whatnot. And, um, 15 when I when I got into cocaine man that's when I started getting into real real trouble you know what I'm saying and uh man everything just spiraled downhill from there you what know, kind of trouble well uh I started selling drugs you know I started started out selling little marijuana bags little five dollar blunt bags and ten dollar dime bags you know uh trying to do the little three for 25 deals back you know back then they had a lot of trash weed on the street so it came in folks you know so it was easy to kind of make a few dollars here and there with that you know what i'm saying but um yeah i started uh i started having fights at the school i didn't graduate from high school because i got kicked out in the ninth grade before i got kicked out in the ninth grade i repeated it twice you know uh and i have a younger sister man and i knew it was time for me to leave school when my sister caught up with me in grades, you know what I'm saying? Well, now we in the same grade, you know what I'm saying? She was two grades behind me, you know? Did and, the drugs uh, have anything to do with that? Were you doing drugs during yeah, yeah. Well, it was a little bit of, yeah, it was the drugs, man. The drugs, because when I started, when I started, even with the marijuana, when I started with the marijuana, man, I, uh, I became discouraged about everything that I was taught to do right. You know what I'm saying? It's like, like everything that I was taught to do right, I wanted to do the exact opposite, and and it and it and it and it and it and it, and it weighed heavy on me, man. It really it it really affected my life in the in the worst way. Then you know the friends that I once had before the drugs came around, you know, I started seeing them venture off, you know, go their separate ways. You know, what I'm saying and these was real genuine good friends that I had, man. You know, it's like I I just I just I pushed them off the cliff, man. I, I ran them away from me, you know. And at the time, I didn't care because they wasn't doing what I was doing. And this, and I'm talking about my friends that I had when I was coming up in the church as a kid, you know, my childhood friends, you know, um, we all, you know, parted ways, man. Um, my mama, she, she, she moved us around a lot. You know, I left my hometown at a young age. I want to say I was maybe nine, eight, maybe when we left, when we left Franklinton and then we moved to A. Meat, Louisiana. And from A. Meat, Louisiana, we moved to Slidell. And um, this was in a short kind of span. And once we got to Slidell, man, you know, that's when it was a no turning back deal for me because right across the lake was New Orleans. And 
I started running over there a lot. And before and when I when I when I left my mama's house, which I was 16 when I did that, you know, and I started sending heavier drugs. I got into heroin, you know, uh in that area, man, heroin is a big deal down there. You know, that's the thing to hustle. You know, it, it generates fast money real quick, but it's also a flip side to it because it brings trouble real quick on a totally different level that you may not be ready for. I don't, I definitely wasn't, you know? What kind and, of trouble? Uh, man, guns, uh, robberies, uh, people getting killed, people threatening to kill you, you getting robbed, getting beat up, you know what I'm saying? People seeing you as a, uh, it all depends, you know, I, I I never was the cat that was just this big time kingpin. I ain't, I, I, I won't ever tell nobody that I was dead knowing I wasn't, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, but I did what I could, man. You know what I'm saying? When I did have a little run I had in it, man, it did okay. You know, I did see for a few dollars, man. And even with that, bro, it brought a lot of trouble. You know what I'm saying? I was robbed. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I almost killed several times. You know what I'm saying? It's just, man, a close friend of mine that I thought was a friend of mine, we ended up, uh, he ended up setting me up and I ended up in prison. And I was finna get to that part. You know, I ended up in prison at the age of, of, of uh, I went to jail in 20 for a, a distribution of heroin and a, and distribution of marijuana charge. And man, I was sentenced to 15 years. The time was ran concurrent, you know what I'm saying? I ended up doing about eight flat out of the 15. Came home, um, caught myself trying to get my life together. Why such a long? Why such a long time for heroin? I mean, well, I know it's a serious drug, but I thought usually like drug charges. I thought like five, maybe ten years at the most. Well, in Louisiana, man, you get the schools on this automatic fifteen years. Oh now, wow! The reason, and at that time, bro, you were, you had to do at least uh, you had to do sixty five percent of your time if it was a non offense, non non violent drug offense, and um. I ended up I ended up losing a lot of time when I was in prison, um, because I I could have came home I could have came home way two years earlier than what I did, but I messed it up with the good time you know and mm-hmm. um when I finally decided to settle down and calm down I eventually got out you know what I'm saying but that's why I ended up doing the time I did do, you know uh because I had a school zone they they was a, it was a school zone and it was the marijuana school zone that they gave me the 15 years on if you were to see my rap sheet my rap sheet to show you that I got 10 years for the heroin charge but 15 years for the marijuana and you would think it would be vice versa because of the you know what I'm saying the type of drugs it is but it wasn't they don't play by the school zones so well, that's, I mean also one of the things that's amazing is if I'm not mistaken the federal government um consider both of them schedule one drugs that's right. So it's like literally the same thing. It doesn't matter if you get a pound of heroin or a pound of marijuana. It's technically the same thing in their eyes. Exactly. Exactly the same thing. So, yeah. And and so they going to punish you the same exact way. You know what I mean? So, yeah. but yeah, unfortunately, man, I ended up, uh, I ended up having to do that time. Um, now, this is where I, 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 I started transitioning for the better. Um, Cause when I went to prison, I was, uh, when I went in about 19 years old, I was suffering from a heroin addiction as well, because when I was selling the drugs, I was also using it. And I used to always love to snort it. You know what I'm saying? And, and man, I, uh, say it again. 
snort the heroin you you were doing? Yes, yes, yes. I used to always love to snort my little snort the little heroin that I was selling or whatnot. So when I went to jail, man, I had to kick that cold turkey, and that was a tough deal for me. You know what I'm saying? But man, I and I thought, you know, I, I felt like at that time, you know, I wasn't no addict. You know, in my mind, I felt like. I had, I was under control of everything that I was doing, even though I wasn't, but in my mind, my mind was telling me that I was. So when I went to prison, I didn't see myself as this drug addict that need help. You know what I'm saying? Even though I was, but I didn't see myself as though. So I really didn't try to seek that kind of help while I was in jail, in prison. You know what I'm saying? But I ended up making changes for the better. You know what I'm saying? But not because of not because of the drug addiction, because of because of who I was as a person, period. You know what I'm saying? I started realizing that I had been being a follower. You know, I started realizing that the life I was portraying to live, that wasn't who I was. You know, I started to kind of find myself when I was in prison, man. I read a lot of books, you know, uh started, started started really focusing on what I wanted to do when I got out, you know, because I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't graduate high school. So, you know, what's the first step, you know, so I, I got, I applied for GED while I was in jail and, and I got my little GED while I was in there or whatnot, you know, and um, that was basically it. When I came home, you know, I came home and tried to call myself settling down. That's when I married my first wife or whatnot. If you don't mind me saying it, it sounds like jail actually did you some good. Sober G, you, you got your GED. You said you were finally yeah. thinking about your future because you were probably right. sober for the first time in a while. Exactly. Makes exactly. You think about your future. Yeah, it did, man. Because I don't know for some reason, man. I don't, I don't, I don't know who if somebody can relate to this. But when I used to get high, I used to think that I could do things so much better when I was high. <laughs> I you know, know what I'm saying. Well, I used to, I joking around, I say every addict, we all say, oh, we're different. I can do this and I can do that. I'm not yeah. like everyone else. Right, right. That's our yeah. main thing that we like to say, yeah. And man, I, and, and when I became clean and sober for a while, I realized that I do things so much better clean yep. <laughs> than I did when I was high. You know what I'm exactly. saying? So, uh, man, I, um, but yeah, the answer, the uh, the, the bigger back on what you were saying, man. I did, man. I prison really did do me a whole lot. It did me more good than I than I I I thought it did. Put it like that, because it it's later on in the story that you see that all the things that that I instill for the better from my childhood all the way up through prison up until where I'm at today, you know, it all played a part in my to my good. You know what I'm saying? It worked in my favor to my good. So. I come home from prison in 2009, 2010, I want to say. I think it was in the nine going on 10. Okay. And uh, I call myself settling down or whatnot. How old and are you at this time now? Okay. At this time, I'm 29. I'm about to turn 30 in like a month. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Gotcha. Um, I come home, call myself settling down. I end up in this relationship with my first wife. And it turns out to be a codependency relationship. You know, uh, and then that's when I was introduced to the to, to the pharmaceutical pills. Okay, so Lauritabs, Percocets, uh, the Somas, uh, the 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 Xanaxes, the little footballs they call them, yeah, and and yeah, and, yeah, and the four line the Xan bars they call them handlebars down here. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what they call. Them. Yeah, so 
I got introduced to that world from that from from that situation. You kind know, of funny too. story. Um, when I was younger, my friend gave me a Xanax for the first time. He gave me a bar or two of them. I didn't know what it was, so I took them both. And all I remember is waking up the next day and I peed myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just Man. woke up and I'm like all by myself. And my boy tells me the next day, he's like, yeah, I couldn't wake you up. So I just left. I was like, what if I was dying? For real? Like, come on, he man. He bounced. He's like, yeah, I wouldn't wake up, I mean, so I went home. That's what, and, and man, that's what them, that's what them Zan bars do you, man. They, you take them and you, I, I remember one time I took some, man, and I, and when I came to, my car was upside down in the ditch. Oh, shit. I had some speakers in the car, in the trunk at the time, and the speakers just going quick, boo, 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 and I'm upside down in the ditch, man. Yeah, didn't even realize how I got there. None of that, man. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I ended ended up getting introduced to that world, and um, I ended up going back to prison behind that, man. Trying to keep up, trying to. I, man, I got to the point where I was taking. I started out taking like a pill every day. Then it turned to three pills a day. Then they got to the point where I was taking like seven to ten pills a day every single day just to get up and try to go to work, do this, do that, and the other. Man, them them large tabs. And me not real, me and and in my mind, I'm like, well, it's because I would hear people say, man, you taking them Loratel, it's just like you might well do heroin again. You know, I was I'm about like, to nah, ask, like is Loratel a painkiller? Yes, it's opiates. They are it's okay. hydrocodones. They call them now, them hydrocodones. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And man, I was I was taking so many of them at a time. Doctor shopping, running around city to city, trying to get scripts, the bus, and this, that, and the other. And I ended up going back to jail for that. So for because I got parole from the first charge, and now I'm going back on a on a on a uh, pharmaceutical pill charge. Plus, I done violated my parole, so I got to back up some time, right? So I ended up I ended up having to go back up like four years. I want to say about four years. Was it four years back? Three, four years, something like that. I ended up having I got. I had to back up four years, but I ended up doing like two of it in the halfway house. That's good. At least you weren't yeah. full blown prison. Yeah, it did. And um, I went up for parole on that one, and the lady granted me parole. So this is when I got introduced to going to a rehab facility in Monroe. Okay. Um, I ended up going there, man, and that's when I started the first time for the first time really pay attention to addiction and what addiction was and what part do I play in it and this that and the other you know um yeah. and and man that's that's when the real that's when the real struggle started man that's when the real journey really kicked off for me man that's when I feel like that point in my life that this was a transition point in my life to where it was like either this gonna make me or it's gonna break me because things got really crazy after that you know um after I completed the program I successfully completed the program I came home. Now I'm trying to stay away from everything, you know. Um, the people that was around me, they was kind of somewhat respectable of what I was trying to do, even though they still would, you know, it's, it's, you know, I know if you go sit in your car and you sit in your car and I see your head ducking down, this, that, and the other, I know what you're doing, man. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Just because you ain't doing it in my father, I know what you're doing, you know. And you know things like that used to really like mess with my mind. Like you know, it, these was these was triggers for me, and I didn't know what triggers was until I went to that rehab in Monroe, Louisiana. And now that I'm paying attention to the triggers, I'm not paying attention to how effective triggers can be. 
I'm not taking what I'm what I've learned with that serious. So I'm setting myself up basically what I'm, what I'm gonna say about that, man. I, I would set myself up for a relapse all the time, you know. And in my mind, I'm lying to myself, telling myself, oh, I can handle it, man. Go man, do y'all do what y'all gonna do, bro. It don't matter to me. I'm good. You know what I'm saying? It ain't gonna affect me no kind of way, man. Do your thing. You know what I'm saying? And they'll do it and they think, you know, I'm thinking about it, I'm looking, I'm thinking about it. And I try to go do something to get my mind off of it and for you know it, two, three days later, now nah, I'm going, going to going to get me a little pack for myself now. Yeah, I done relapse now, you know, stuff like that, man. That's the that's 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 how it really started with me this this next time, bro. Because when I relapsed on heroin this time, I relapsed strong, man. It was a strong relapse. And I started doing it in a way that I'd never done it before. And I started, I started shooting heroin. And man. My life spiraled, it spiraled all the way down for the worst. Like I ended up homeless. Um, I was in my, I was back in my hometown where my mama moved me away from when I was a kid. So everybody in this town knew my family. They knew who I was. And I didn't even care, man. And I would support my habit by stealing out the stores, grocery stores. Um what anything made you I decide my- to start shooting up. Man, I experienced, uh, man, I've always, I've always tried to impress my family. Like me and my mom didn't really have a good relationship when I, when I, when I ventured off in a, when I was younger, when I told you I got in the streets around 13, 14, me and my mom's relationship kind of like went its separate ways. I, I know she, she had high hopes for me in one way. And um, I wanted to find myself in another way. And me and her wasn't as close as we had always been when I was younger as a child. You know what I'm saying? And I think it, well, I know it actually played a a major part on my life going, going forward because when I would go through my clean spells and I would go through this and go through that, you know, I did it in things. And in my mind, I would always tell myself, my mama gonna be proud of me for doing this. My mama gonna be proud of me for doing that. Oh, the family gonna love to see me when I do this. And then when I don't get that reaction, when they do see me, it will crush me. You know, my feelings will be hurt and I will show it in anger and I will self-mutilate myself, man. And when I say self-mutilate, I don't mean like, like literally try to take my own life or nothing like that, but I just go shoot more dope than a, than a, than a truckloader. You know what I'm saying? I would do, I would do, I would do things like really like outrageously. I would, it, it, what I would normally shoot like a dime bag or something, man, I'd go and shoot a 50. You know, this is how outrageous things was getting for me. And this is how I would react to those reactions. You know what I'm saying? And, um, and man, that's when, that's when, uh, that's when the, the dope shooting started, man. It was shortly after I had uh I had came home from that 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 rehabilitation program that I went to in Monroe, which was around 2014, 2015. It sounds like you're a real emotional guy and that the emotions take over and yeah, you, you you feel feelings that you don't want to feel. So then exactly. maybe you go, yeah, maybe you go out of control then. Yeah, you're absolutely right, man. You're absolutely right. I am. I am that kind of person, man. And you know, it's a bittersweet situation for me with that, you know, because sometimes I don't know how to 
I'm still learning how to manage feelings. You know what I'm saying? I'm still yeah. learning how to dissect what I feel sometimes. You know, I know my, my, I've been told that your face tell on you every time, champ. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I could look in your face and tell, bro, you ain't feeling this, bro. You know, you ain't, you know what I mean? So I, I, I've gotten a whole lot better with it, you know, because that's just a part of who I am. So now that I, that I'm learning these different things about who I truly am, man, I just try to learn how to manage it and, and be a better me with that, you know? So, yeah. But yeah, for the most part, so. But man, I um, I did that. I did that. I did the dope shooting thing for like maybe a year, man. And um, I was on the run from my parole officer. Um, I and the reason I was doing what I was doing, I called myself trying to prove a point to my family, because they used to tell me things like, "Uh, you embarrassing the family, you embarrassment to us. Why are you acting like this? Why are you doing that?" And you know, and when and and I would go through these clean moments, and they would still say that I was getting high, you know. And I'm like, "Nah, I ain't getting high. I'm clean. Why you keep trying to, you know, what I'm saying, okay, so." You, you want to say I'm getting high when I know I'm clean. So I'm going to show you what getting high is. And 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 I jump out the freaking window, bro. You know what I'm saying? Crazy stuff, you know? I heard a saying once that sometimes we get mad and just you do drugs at the person. That's what they call like kidding around because what it means is yeah. like, oh, you know what? I'm going to get you by doing so much drugs. But it's like, it doesn't get them. It doesn't make them feel any different. I'm not doing nothing to them. I mean, exactly. <laughs> but in my mind, that's what I was talking about. Yeah, that, that's that's a true saying, bro. I mean, people really feel like that. I know I have. You know what I'm saying? I, I feel like I would hurt them more if I just just hit bottom rock bottom, totem pole bottom and just, okay, y'all embarrassed. I'm going to really embarrass you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and, Bro, I was killing myself, man. I could have killed myself, man. I remember, man, I'll never forget this, bro. Rest in peace to Deltrick, man. That's a friend of mine, Deltrick, man. He um he overdosed and, and passed away. Sorry to hear that. Man, yeah, thank you, bro. I uh I keep a lot of my friends in my prayers. I've lost a whole lot of friends to drugs. And every time, every time I hear news like that, man, it makes me really appreciate my life even more than I did before, you know, because I could have easily been one of those numbers, man. And God spared my life, man. Um, I'm very grateful for that. And I never forget how grateful I am of that. And I always let my high power know how grateful of him I am because of that. You know what I'm saying? And um, man, I'll never forget me and him. We was in this, we was in this, I don't know if you're familiar with what a click house is or whatnot. No. Um, it's like an abandoned house where people trap uh break into it and, and and they sell drugs and 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 in one room you could buy the drugs in another room you can go in and do your drugs you know what i'm saying okay i've heard of something like this yeah well they call them click houses around here where we from and um me and him was in one of those and we had just we scolded together man we went hit us a nice little lick got us a couple of dollars so we went to the spot got what we needed to get um, and it was real storming outside that day. So we normally wouldn't do this, but we did it that day. You know what I'm saying? We went and caught one of those little rooms in there. Yep. And, you know, did our little business, man. And um, when I came to, the drugs were so strong 
We both dozed off. And when I came to, he didn't. And, um, man, it scared me to death, bro. So I had to get somebody in the other room to help me, you know what I'm saying, to get him to the hospital. You know what I'm saying? We got him out there, man. I had to throw him on the side of the walk by the emergency room door and keep him kicking to avoid asking questions or going to jail. You know what I'm saying? And uh, and fortunately, that day he survived, man. But uh, it was other times, you know, some people wouldn't survive, man. And a lot of those people was close friends of mine, man. So, Has that ever happened where someone died around you, like you came to and someone was dead? No, I've unfortunately I've never had to experience that. I'm gonna say fortunately, I'm not I mean unfortunately. Fortunately, I've never yeah, had to experience that. Say, you know what I'm no. saying? Yeah, that that uh oh, you know what? Man, I did. I did. And I, I and, and man, I was my first marriage, my my um the, the woman I was married to the first time, she lost her mom. And I found the, the I found her mom dead. Oh. And she chewed, she had chewed uh two fentanyl patches. Oh man. Yeah. And and for a long time I, I used to I used to feel like it was something else I could have did to to help her. You know what I'm saying? And but it it wasn't nothing I could do. That was yeah, the closest exactly. thing I came to that though. You know what I'm saying? That was the that that was Unfortunately, that that was that was the worst thing that that you know. So it so if if, if it had it went another way, man, I I don't know how I would have helped had had dealt with it at that time, you know. Yeah, because I didn't do well with stressful situations, man. I still struggle with that today. Stressful situations, man. You know, I just thank God for the life that I do have today. God has placed people in my life, man, especially my wife. He's placed people. He's placed people in my in my life, man, to help me really see things from a uh, from different aspects other than just one and be tunnel vision. You know, they help me to manage my feelings better. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I don't. Uh, so I, fortunately, I don't. I don't make a lot of the same mistakes I used to make a long time ago. You know, and I'm grateful for that today. So, yeah. So going back just a little bit, how long were you homeless for? And like, where did you stay? Like, did you live in cardboard boxes? Because I've heard that story just recently from someone eating out of the dumpsters. I've heard a lot, unfortunately. How is I how was home? How did homelessness affect you? It affected me, man. For a while, I slept in the guy that I used to go from car. He had a car parked in front of his on the side of his house. And I would sleep there when I could. His old lady, she used to uh, catch me in there and run me off. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> if I could get a few hours in, I was good, you know. But uh, he, he, uh, I slept in his car for a while. And I, I, like I told you, when I went through that homeless situation, I was, I was in my hometown. So uh, it was a lot of, and, and by the time my hometown being such a small town, it's like everybody know everybody, right? So and um. And by my family being a lot of good people, you know, coming from a good breed of family, a good breed of people, man, a lot of people, you know, they are, they are overlook your situation on the strength of who your people are, you know what I'm saying? And, 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 and would do things in favor of them for you, 
you know, and that's how it was for me being back home at that time, you know, a lot of people was mad at me because they knew that I, I was, that wasn't who I was, but, you know, I had to figure that out and, and people understood that. And so, yeah, I slept in this, I slept in the car for a while. And then after that, man, I would just walk all night, like during the nighttime, because to me, and when you're homeless, you know, it's more dangerous at night than day, you know? So I would walk all night. And as soon as I see the sun start to come up, I probably go lay in a park and go sleep somewhere on the bench or something. You know what I'm saying? And even with that, you're not getting much sleep. You know what I'm saying? With two, three hours or something at the most. You know, and you back up running again. You got to keep drugs in you to keep you going, keep you going, you know? And um, right before before I, my, 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 my homelessness came to an end, uh, a, a friend of my family, man, and me and this guy actually... Before all this took place, me and this guy actually had done had an argument, wasn't talking to each other, you know what I'm saying? Posted head, jumped on each other the next time we saw each other. Matter of fact, shout out to Chris Sibley, man. I love you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> man, uh he had a place, he had a club that he was getting renovated. And man, he found me. He found me in the hood one night. He was like, Hey, said, champ, where you stand? I said, man, I'm just over the mow. I ain't, I ain't doing no tripping. He said, man, come, come to my spot, man. I'm going to set you up. So I walked over there, got over there. I mean, it wasn't much, but I had a roof over my head. I ain't had to worry about the rain. And, man, every morning he would go and get me a breakfast plate from uh, this place called the Sugar Shack that was across the street from his spot. Man, they, and they serve a nice fire breakfast, bro. Yeah. And he would give me a, he'll give me a plate every 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 morning, man. I, I wake up to a little a little breakfast plate. You know what I'm saying? And man, see that that, that that's that to me, that's God. That's God to me. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah. And when that started happening, and all the people that I would see, you know, that would find me, and when they see me, bro, I see people tearing up on me. My family, they tearing up on me. They like, man, what's going on with you, man? You know. And I would always tell them, man, I'm just going through something, man. You know. And um. And I, I eventually, man, what I did was I woke up. I woke up on Monday morning. And it just so happened, man, it's it's, uh, it's ironic that it happened this way. I woke up on a Monday morning and my cousin found out where I was staying at. And come to find out my family had been riding around town looking for me all for, for months. They had been doing this, you know. And um, this Monday so while morning, you were home, So the whole time you were homeless, people were actually looking for you? Yeah, and, and and man, that stemmed around. It, it it probably lasted about nine months, almost to a year, close to a year, almost nine months. Maybe right up right up under a year, man. Cause uh, you know, I had I had I had I had jump parole. My PO, I hadn't seen my PO, hadn't checked in, none of that since I came home from the rehab deal, you know. And um, I was staying with my mom at when I first did that, and then um, when I first came home from the rehab deal, I was staying with my mom for, and I made a stay with her for like a month or two, and then I moved back to my hometown. And I went back down there and got into all kind of mess. You know, and that's how I ended up homeless down there. You know, I wasn't even there two weeks and ended up homeless down there. You know, but I went down there to destruct and, and, and be just out of my mind. I just, I went down there to relapse. And when I relapsed, it was, you know, I, I, I really relapsed. And so this whole time that I had been down there, they had, my family had been looking for me, you know. And um, this what happened, man. This, this I woke up this, I'll never forget it. It was Monday morning, man. <laughs> I got up to go use it because they had a bathroom in the back of this club that he was getting renovated. 
And he told me, you can always go back there, you know, get yourself together what you got to do, you know. And I was back there, take care of my little business or whatnot. And I had said to myself, man, I'm going to turn myself in. I'm going to knock on the police door, turn myself in to the, tell my PO I violated. I got a drug problem, man. I just want some help. I, 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 today is the day that I change, you know. And um, I walk out the bathroom, and when I, I hear somebody on the phone, and it's my little cousin. Shout out to Oliver. I see you. I love you, man. So he... uh. <laughs> He on the phone. Yeah, he. I know he healed because I see all this stuff right here. I see he got a CD. I know these the shoes. I got them right here. Uh, I see a little book bag here. And so I'm standing in the background. I'm listening to him. I won't let him know that I'm, I'm in there. And uh, he's getting ready to walk out the door, and I walk out. And I say, I'm right here, cuz. And he looked at me like, let me call y'all back. I found him. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, Man, we automatically, we just hugged each other, man. He told me he loved me. You know what I'm saying? And I told him, man, I'm ready to go, bro. He said, you ready? I said, I'm ready today, today. You know, and, um, <laughs> man, I, I it, we got my little stuff, man. And I had, a, I had, I had one bag left, bro. And, and I, and I said to myself, I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna go to jail sick. And I, I I I did what I had to do, and I went to jail, man. And I ended up kicking that cold turkey in jail again. They didn't give you anything to help, man. They gave me some pill called Vistaril, I want to say something like that to the effect. I don't know. It was like a little purple pill. It it, it, think, it huh? No, I was gonna say I think I've heard of that Vistaril, but I thought that was for where you have like a blocker so you can't get drunk, but I could be wrong. Or maybe it's Vivitrol. I forget. So I could yeah, be wrong. And I, and I could be wrong about the name. I, I just remember the pill was like white with a little purple rim around it. They say they get it to you to kind of try to cope with your stomach. They don't give you nothing for relapse. Not in jail, man. And, uh, but you know, that's, that's the way I wanted to do it anyway. And, um, man, I, 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 I kicked it. I, I got sick. They had to rush me to the hospital, put IV in me, get me some fluids in my body. And I was in bad shape. I was had the shakes real bad, cold sweats, the whole nine yards, man. The body aches, all the headaches, couldn't eat, couldn't sleep, the whole nine. And um, my parole officer, man, he didn't. Uh, fortunately, he didn't violate me. He get. Uh, we have this thing in Louisiana where you you, you know you make a little violation on your parole, they, they give you like a a, a ninety day turnaround type deal. And you just have to do like 90 days in the county or something like that. Or in the, we have parishes in Louisiana. Do 90 days in the parish and boom, you they kick you back out on the street. But this deal here, I told him I wanted to be in a rehab. And I remember the rehab I went to in Monroe when I, a, a while back. Remember the first time I told you when I went to that this program in Monroe, Louisiana? Yeah. I wanted him to send me back to that same place. And um, he did, man. He, they they made it. They 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 put some strings and found the way to get me back up there. And this time around, this place was called Blue Walters. And man, if you if 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 you pay attention, Blue Walters can really help you. And and this time around, man, I went through that program like my life depended on it because my life really did depend on it. Then, you know, and um. Man, I haven't used heroin since 2016. That was 2016. And I've been clean of heroin to this day since 2016. That's awesome. 
Yeah, so that was a real big deal. I moved out there, man. Um, I got into this Freeman house. The lady that actually taught one of the classes at this Blue Walter program at this jail, I told her that I didn't want to go back to the environment I lived in. I told her it's too many triggers for me. I can't dodge them. I don't know how to, I don't know how to to face my triggers and be all right. You know, is there is there somewhere else I can go and start over fresh? She said, yeah. And she made, uh, I don't know what she did. She made some arrangements for some whatnot. And she got me into a free house in Monroe, Louisiana. And from there, um, my life changed for the better, man. That's where this era come in. At. <laughs> yeah. So, man, it's, it's, it's amazing, man. Now that I'm, now that you got me just thinking back on everything and looking at how it all played out, man, it's just, it's really amazing, man. God has really had shown favor on my life, man. And, uh, here I am today, man. That's when I met my wife, the beautiful woman I'm married to today. I met her when I moved to Monroe shortly after I got there. I went there alone, man. Yeah. Met her. She was living in Dallas at the time. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. She was living in Dallas at the time, man. I I, I hadn't got my list self together. I had a few months in my in my pocket, you know. I'm starting to get my little confidence back, you know what I mean? So I got yeah. me a nice job, you know, and I ain't gonna say it was a nice job. It was a job, but it wasn't nice. <laughs> yeah. Job's a job. Hey, you know, yeah, but you know, I had to do what I had to do, man. I was willing to, I was, and see, I was willing to be all right with doing what I had to do. You know, I was okay with that. You know what I'm saying? Mm. You know, I knew, I, I, I know nothing worth having comes easy. You got to work for it, man. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, I've been given so much as it is, bro. You know what I'm saying? You know, I, I it was time that I worked for the things that I really wanted in my life, man. And, and and that's when this journey started, you know? So that's how we ended up getting here today. So, yeah. That's great. That's great. Yeah. You're, a, you're a good storyteller. Oh, for real? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I didn't have to do too much today. You you guided yourself along the uh, the map, so to speak. Yeah, okay. That's what's up then, man. That's what's up. So is there anything else you want to add to anyone that might be listening? Maybe any advice, anything as far as your experience, you know, anything you want to, you would tell a listener? Yes. Uh, As a matter of fact, man, I have, uh, I have a group on Facebook, Born to Succeed. Um, I want to tell any and everybody, man, it's never too late, bro. It's never too late. Here it is. I'm 43 years old. I just graduated from HBA school. I haven't been on this new company job a year. And here it is. I have over $6,000 worth of tools in my front room that came in today for me. Yeah, <laughs> it's never too late, man. Before it's we never- started this, you were smiling about it, showed me all your tools. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you want me to shoot it again? Sure, if you want to. I mean, you know, when it's like this, I mean, you know, you 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 want to just show somebody, man. Yeah, there you go. Now you can show everyone watching, but this it shows you what you can do. When That's you're right. That's right. I mean, 
And the first things first, man, you got to take care of yourself, man. You got to love yourself. A lot of people don't know how to love my. I didn't know how to love myself, man. Yeah, the camera's still turned around. You got to turn it back. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hold on. Let me get him back right. Okay. There you go. There you are. But yeah. The first things first, you got to love yourself, man. You know, and if you don't know how to love yourself, man, do what it takes to figure out, get the, uh, to, to get the knowledge. Google tell you everything today. You know, I, I, I'm, Google is one of my big resources, one of my biggest resources. I go to Google about everything, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And, um, man, I, I, you know, I apply myself, but it's never too late. It's never too late. It's never too late to do better for yourself. It's never too late to change. It's never too late to make a decision that's going to best fit you, suit you, do what's best for you. Save your life, you know, save your life. It's going to feel good when you do it. In the beginning, it's going to be rough. You're not going to want to. It's going to get boring. You understand what I'm saying? It's going to get aggravating. People are not going to trust you for a long time. You can't focus and worry about that. Overlook it. Overlook it. Trust yourself. Just focus on trusting yourself and doing what self got to do for self. And the rest going to be the sky. It's got to limit that. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a great, it's a great way to end it. Because yeah. the one thing, you know, you're talking about loving yourself and all that. Um, part of our, we have what we call the four pillars of Addicts Anonymous. And the first one, because yeah. four pillars is what you build upon. But the first one is self-love. Like, if that's you can't right. love yourself, you're of no that's use right. to anyone else. No use at all. At all, man. At all. Yeah. So that's very important. That's very important. And yeah. I, 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 I didn't realize how important it was because I even hear it, and I was, I always thought it was a out of appearance thing, like fly kicks, fresh outfit, keep your hair yeah. cut. Oh, I love myself. I got my hair cut. I keep, I got, I got polos on. Nah, bro. <laughs> it's on a whole nother level, man. Love yourself yeah. when you're on the inside. You know what I'm saying? Take care of yourself. So yeah. All right, my friend. So that's where we're gonna wrap it up. So for everyone listening, I thank you. And also some of my sales pitch, I call it. Check us out on Facebook. You can go to our Facebook group and go to the events tab and you'll see that we do Zoom meetings daily. Check one out. Um, also give us a like and subscribe here if you like what you heard and saw. We're also on Twitter, Reddit, Pinterest, Instagram. So check us out under Addicts Anonymous. And the last thing is check out our brand new website, Addicts hyphen anonymous.com so that's addicts-anonymous.com there's plenty of resources and things to help you along the way of your journey of recovery so until next time folks